the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Three men who have your best interests in view. And if those three men can't satisfy you, nothing will. I'm talking Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Any good football team will tell you that they spend a lot of time taking a look at tape, movies of the teams they will play, trying to understand their adversary. That's a bit of what we're doing today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. As we continue our survey of Esther, we find ourselves in chapter 9, as well as Revelation chapter 12, taking a look at what our teacher and pastor Jessica Stand has entitled, The Power of the Tale, the origin of our adversary, what he's like, and the men he'll employ. It exposes the carnal and unprincipled professors of our day. That is where we're headed on this edition of Way of Grace. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with today's program. Point number one, devil's what? Devil's what? Jesus said he was a liar from the beginning and he never abode in the truth. Point number two, their words are slanderously what? Persuasive. Proverbs chapter 7, verse 21 and 22. Go there. I remember preaching and teaching like this a thousand years ago when I was a young man. People used to really, just, man, you hard, man, you hard. Back in the day when I was really worried about the church being pure. And I actually believed these Old Testament passages having spiritual and redemptive connotation, even though they're Old Testament passages. I believe that there are two kinds of women in the Proverbs, a godly woman and an ungodly woman. A whore and a woman of fidelity covenantally. I believe that there's a wise woman in the Proverbs and a foolish woman in the Proverbs. I believe that the wise woman in the Proverbs fears the Lord and loves her husband. I believe that the foolish woman in the Proverbs leaves the covenant of her home and engages in all the worldly affairs she can be in. That's what I believe. I believe the Bible teaches that about the church as well. The true church will be committed to Jesus, serving Jesus, laboring for Jesus, calling sinners to righteousness, and not catering to the world in some kind of man-centered humanism. I believe the faithful church will be committed to what Jesus looks like and what he does. And I believe the unfaithful church thinks all of this is ridiculous. With her much fair speech... She caused him to yield. Who are we talking about? The harlot church. Who is she causing to yield? To the man void of understanding. The man who does not have the gospel. Who's not committed to Jesus and he's open to pornea. With her much fair lips she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips she forced him. Forced him. Verse 23. 
2. He goes after her straightway as an ox to the slaughter, as a food to the correction of the stocks. Verse 23 till a dart strikes through his liver as a bird hasted to the snare, and he does not know that it is for his what? That's the lie, the seductive lie that comes from the church to the world, drawing in unsuspecting hell-bound sinners and letting them know that they are loved and that they are wonderful and that it's all about them. It's called flattery. And when you go to those flattering churches, guess who is conspicuously absent? Jesus. Number three, wicked men listen to them. Do you see that? Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4. Look at Proverbs 17, verse 4. I'm going to inundate you with Bible verses today, so if you didn't inoculate yourself from more than three Bible verses, you're going to be sick when you leave. (laughs) Proverbs 17, verse 4, but you'll get over it. You do need to fear, however, that it might change your life. Verse 4. A wicked doer gives heed to what? Say that first part with me. A wicked doer gives heed to what? And a liar gives ear to a naughty tongue. Do you see the compatibility? If your heart's not right, you will always listen to error. You cannot discern error when your heart's not right. You will listen to falsehood. You will listen to distorted truths. You will listen to, 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 to uh, false doctrine and false teaching. You will listen to lies. It will be appealing to you. In fact, it will satiate your soul if you're given to evil. You see how powerful the television is. You see how powerful the media is. You t- see how powerful false doctrine is. And it gets people who are not committed to the truth. This is what I meant in my point. Wicked men, listen to them. Look at what it goes on to say, 17, 4, uh, 5, and 6. Whoso mocketh the poor, reproacheth his maker. And he that is glad at calamity shall not be unpunished. Do you see that? Ladies and gentlemen, this describes what's happening in our text. You know who the poor were? The minorities. The folks who didn't have the favor of the law. The people whom now all of a sudden because they're the minority, the rest of the group could look down upon them and mock them and rejoice in their calamity. See, here's what was happening in the Esther account. When once they saw that, oh man, the law has told me I can be prejudiced. The law has told me I can discriminate. The law has told me I can distort the facts. The law has told me I can defraud my brother. The law has told me that I can misuse and abuse my neighbor. I'm going to get at this business because it's to my advantage. You see it? And now all of a sudden you're facing all kinds of prejudice surrounding the whole of your life and you're wondering where it's coming from. It's coming from the wicked one. That's where it's coming from. Your Bible is very contemporary, is it not? And I'm just walking you through it so that you don't miss the nuances of the dynamics that took place from the time we learned that the Jewish people were in perplexity. Aren't you perplexed when one day you discover your friend doesn't like you anymore? And you can tell when it changes, doesn't you? It's like the weather, it just changes. You go, ooh, it's cold in here now. You look for the thermostat and somebody then took it off the wall. Isn't that funny? And I'm talking about husbands and wives. I'm talking about professing Christian families. Talking about church folk 
who love war. Look at it. Proverbs chapter 12. Mm, no, don't go there. Our next one. Undiscerning Christians are led astray also, are they not? One verse, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 15. I quoted this many times years ago, but I just want you to see it again. If you want to mark it, this will help you. Proverbs 14, 15. I'm going to start at verse 14. This will help you too. The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways. Do you see it? And this is a study that I started with our men about six months ago. And a good man shall be satisfied from himself. I love that contrasting prose. A backslider will be filled with his own ways. Do you know what that means? The person that started off with Jesus and started backing away from Jesus, he or she or they will find their fulfillment with something else. They'll be filled with, watch this, not God's ways, their ways. They'll be satisfied with their own ways. And the next line says, but a good man shall be satisfied where? From himself. Now, what that really means is that good man actually has a source by which the blessings come to him. Every good man has the God man in him. And it's the God man in him that brings satisfaction to him so that the good man doesn't have to look outside for his satisfaction. Can I get a witness? I'm going to say it one more time. Every good man and every good woman has the God man in them by which they find satisfaction. They do not look outside of themselves or outside of their resources for satisfaction because all that he is, I am in him. And all that I am, he was for me so that I find my joy and my fullness in Jesus. And I do not need to go to the harlot to be satisfied. Y'all see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? And God fully means for us to find our satisfaction in him. But now look at my verse, verse 15. The simple believe any kind of word there is. That's what I really want you to see there. This is not about believing God's word. This is about believing things that are not true. The lack of discernment that comes with not being honorable. Snatching stuff out of the air, not being able to even determine whether it is even a credible proposition or not. Assertions that are given that are not validated by legitimate empirical evidence. And we draw conclusions that is factual because we're not grounded in honor. See, if you're honorable, guess what you will do? You will search the matter out and to determine whether or not it even has viability, let alone adopt it into your spirit and then let it become part of your identity, which is what our world does all the time. It buys into lies. Can I get a witness? It buys into lies. It buys into lies. Notice what she says. He says, the simple believes every word, but the what? He looks well to his going. In other words, he makes sure his footsteps are ordered of the Lord. That he's walking the right way. He does not presume upon his salvation. He makes his calling and election sure. He strives to enter in at the straight gate. And he takes heed to the exclusivity of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who said plainly, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes unto the Father but by me. Spend all your time knowing me, because knowing me is eternal life. If you believe in heaven, and you believe that there's one way to get there, you better hurry up and get your tail on that one way to getting there. Let's look at the next one. It produces enemies among friends. That's what tails do. 
It produces enemies among friends. Isn't that wild? But it's true. Look at Proverbs chapter 6, verse 12 through 19. We used to teach our kids this one long ago in the songs. Y'all heard it before. Six things that the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination. It's so funny how those critical passages of character development and discernment for prosperity of life are thrown out the window when we get older. Listen to it. Proverbs chapter 6. Are you there? Listen to how the language speaks. And I'm going to start at verse 12. A naughty person, a wicked man, walketh with a forward mouth. This is the connection between your heart and your mouth. If your mouth is nasty, it's because your, your, your heart is nasty. Do you see it? It goes on to say, he winketh with his eyes. Don't ever trust anybody that's always talking to you with their eyelids. <laughs> he speaks with his feet. In other words, don't listen to what he says. Watch what he does. He teaches with his fingers. In other words, forget his doctrine. Watch how he takes control. Remember what Xerxes said? Haman has laid hands on the people of the Jews. He understood the implication of his words actually put the Jews in a state of mortal danger. Notice what he goes on to say. Forwardness is in his heart. He devises mischief, mischief continually. He does what? Souls discord. Verse 15, therefore shall his calamity come what? Is this Haman or not? He sowed discord, didn't he? Suddenly shall he be broken and that without what? Remember, lights out. He's at the party. The power of providence swept him up. He had no control over it. Because that's the nature of judgment when it finally comes. After warning, 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 here comes the judgment and you can't do anything about it. The next thing you know, lights out. And spiritually, what that means is God blinds you to the gospel. He blinds you to his grace. He blinds you to his favor and mercy. And now you're walking around blind. That was Judas Iscariot. Read Psalm 69. Part of the curse on Judas was, let his light be turned out. Let him walk in darkness. That's why he could never see the glory of Christ. Can you imagine that? You're right there with the master. You have the title apostle. You're hanging out with the 12. The light of the world, the creator of the universe is in front of you and you can't see him. That's like reading your Bible and not seeing that Jesus is on every page of your Bible for real. You know, you hear preachers talk about it, but you never hear them demonstrate that they believe that the light is all about Christ. You, you never hear it expounded that way, do you? Because the lights are not on. The lights are not on. They're reading a book that's closed. Isaiah said it. A book that's sealed and not revealed. And this is why people can't get anything out of their Bibles, because the lights are not on. You do see it. Now listen to what he says. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, even seven are an abomination to him. Does the Lord hate something? That's my country term, something. Does the Lord hate something? Are there some things the Lord hates? Because the way our church depicts it today is God loves everybody and everything. Like there's nothing that God has an argument with or a disagreement with or a, a hostility towards or, or something with which God warns, hey, I'm not putting up with that. We got a God that loves everybody and everything. Isn't that right? 
angels and devils. They all, if God could get them to heaven, he'd bring them in too. I'm sorry, that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible always hates evil. He hates all workers of iniquity. He abhors the evil man and he sends transgressors to hell, not their sins, them. That's what your Bible says. That's what your that's why it's not preached today. I'm sorry, it's just not preached. It's just not preached. And see, Proverbs is warning us about the unprincipled, dishonorable professing Christian here. Now notice what it says. He hates a proud look. See it? Guilty. He hates a lying tongue. Guilty. He hates hands that shed innocent blood. Guilty. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. Guilty. Feet that are swift to running to mischief. Can't wait to catch up with my girlfriend. Can't wait to catch up and start talking about this and that. Girl, did you know? Am I telling the truth? And every now and then we run across silly men who fall prey to that same foolish feminine type of propaganda. Lusting after finding out what is the newest and latest gossip to destroy a brother. Every now we got some feminine men like that because that's a feminine trait. Read your Bible. It's so clear. It's so clear. That's one of the weaknesses of the woman. We're going to talk about that in three, in two months. The reason the woman was able to have a conversation with the devil is because she liked talking. God knows. God knows. God knows. Listen to me. God knows. God knows. And rare is the godly woman who guards her ears and guards her mouth because she fears the Lord. Do you see it? Listen to what it says. A false witness that speaks lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. Do you see it? Guilty. Church folks are guilty. Professing Christians are guilty. Carnal believers are guilty. And the Holy Ghost is my witness. Even if you don't want to accept it. The Holy Ghost is our witness. Number six. It exposes carnal and unprincipled what? Professors. It exposes carnal and unprincipled professors. I'm going to give you one text to underscore why I pressed one of the unique characteristics of the strength and weakness of the woman is in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 11 through 15. I could give you three or four other passages, but the liberals have already identified those passages and said they hate Paul. And since they hate Paul, they hate the Bible. And since they hate Bible, they hate the biblical Jesus. And since they hate the biblical Jesus, they hate the biblical gospel. And since they hate the biblical gospel, they hate me. Listen to it. This is what Paul said concerning the widows. He says, going back to verse 10. Here it is. Start at verse 10. Let's get a context. Well, uh, verse 9, because what this is talking about is true widows. Let not a widow be taken into the number under three score, uh, uh, three score years old. That is less than 60, having been the wife of one man. So biblical uh, widowhood is a woman who has proved herself to be faithful to her husband. Committed to him, not just married to him, committed to him. A legitimate widow, verse 10, watch this. And she's not to be taken care of if she's younger than 60. The assumption is if you're younger than 60, you're probably ready to get married again. 
That's a whole nother subject. I just kind of detoured there to just let you know. In that first century, they'd rather marry you all than to have to support you for the rest of your life. But here's what he says. Well reported of for what? The first part I want you to get is well reported of. Because you might get two people to say you're all right, but until you get the larger majority of the society that can bear record to your faithfulness to God and your love for the gospel and your love for the people of God so that when your spouse dies, they are more than willing to take care of you. If you've lived a dubious life, they may not. I remember, ladies and gentlemen, can I talk to you today while I'm talking to you? I remember this when I first became an elder in an old church that I was a part of, a Reformed Bible Church, and I was leading that congregation because the senior elder was gone all the time. And one widow had come to me, and she had been widowed a long time. But this woman was so dubious in her behavior. She was always pillaging stuff from people. Getting, this, getting what she could out of them, uh, getting sympathy out of them to draw from them what they could. And then she came to me one day and said, you know, I was reading in 1 Timothy chapter 5, um, verse 10 and 11, that the widows in the church must be taken care of by the church. And I was only about 31, 32 years old at that time, and I wasn't thinking about widowhood at all. I mean, that word widowhood was way out in the orbit for me. I had to quickly go and lasso that word, rein it in, do a quick exegesis and contextual development of where that came from. And I said, sorry, sister, you don't qualify. (laughs) For two reasons. She wasn't 60 and she wasn't godly. Your works will follow you. And then I came to find out when she started working for the organization how much trouble she was. You got all that in the church. You got all that in the church. And it's all in our hearts too if God doesn't restrain it. If she's lodged strangers, if she's brought up children, if she's what? Washed the feet of the saints. See it? Now do you see the qualifications you must meet to get some money out of the leadership? I like that. Don't you like that? Sister, who can bear record that you washed somebody's feet in the last two months? (laughs) If she's relieved the afflicted, if she has diligently followed every good work. Do you see it, saints? Do you see how good works matter? Those things to which we have been called? In order for the congregation really to exhaust its resources on you, you need to show yourself really rooted and grounded in Christ and walking in union with him because without him you can do nothing. But through Christ, you can do all things who strengthens you. Am I making some sense? In other words, the kingdom of God really should be striving for reality. For reality here. Then look at verse 11. Here it is. Watch this. But the younger widows refuse for when they have begun to wax wanton against Christ. There it is. Do you know what he says? After a while, the widow who was 25 or 30 and 35 and 40, because people didn't live much more than 40 or 50 years old at that time, is looking around and all of a sudden her allegiance to Jesus starts to wane. That temperature goes down. Now she's looking for a brother. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. Just put it up there as a placket. I want another man. <laughs> Don't be trying to hang out in the Coventry with the nuns who done wrapped it up. Because you're going to start something in the Coventry with your hormones. You know that. Just, just put your flag up. Nope, I'm looking for another brother. I'm looking for another brother. Verse 12. Having damnation because they have cast off their first faith. In other words, it is not uncommon for men, for women to abandon Jesus for a pseudo-savior 
in a man. But for Paul, it would appear by the obvious love for the world. Watch this, verse 13. And with all that, they learn to be what? You know what idle means? Aimless in their life. Meandering about, getting into people's business that they have no business in. Unprincipled, undirected, without a mission statement, without a mission calling. Not connected to the Spirit, not connected to the Son, not connected to the Father. Three men who have your best interests in view. And if those three men can't satisfy you, nothing will. I'm talking Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Such a wonderful time here in God's Word. It's our hope and prayer that you're growing in grace as you take the time to study God's Word with us. We thank you for joining us. This is Way of Grace, the ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward. We would leave you with an invitation. If you enjoyed the time you've had with us today studying God's Word, please consider this a formal invitation to join us in person. Sunday services at Grace Bible Church in Hayward are at 11 a.m. Sunday schools at 10. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We've got a lot of folks from all over and from a variety of churches joining us Friday evenings at 8 p.m. for this Bible study. You're invited to either one. We're located at 20450 Royal Avenue. That's here in Hayward. And the zip code is 94541. If you're trying to tom-tom us or uh, Google us for the map, you can also get directions at our website, grace-bible.com. Again, that's grace-bible.com. Or simply call for directions, 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. As always, we have CDs available. You can download the messages off our website or call us and order a CD of today's broadcast or any program that you have heard here on Way of Grace. We'd be more than happy to get one out to you. You can call us at 510-886-9782 or stop by our website, grace-bible.com. We do thank you for spending time with us today. Trust we'll see you next time we get together for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.